Welcome to the Living and Thriving with a Chronic Illness podcast. You'll be joining Smiling Sonia on her daily morning walk. She shares information and personal insights into her own journey managing flare-ups of her condition, Molloray's meningitis. of July 2020. I am still in hospital, uh, so this is a continuation of my meningitis, viral meningitis, I should say, viral meningitis <laughs> audio journal. So, um, so this is my, so I came in on Thursday night. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so four nights in so far. And uh, last night was the first night um, that I actually, I think my head, I was pain free, my, my head, pain free. I took the pain medication just before I went to sleep. I was, I was being strategic. Um, didn't really, t- I didn't take any most of the day actually because I I did have a headache but I didn't want to just be taking taking for for taking sake but knew that uh, during the night is when it can get a bit worse especially when I'm lying on my head so that's what I did and that seemed to work so I woke up this morning and still feeling kind of pain free but uh, I've been up since about six it's just five past eight now and um yeah the the pressure's building up and um and all the the the, the sort of the discomfort pain in my body is starting to come back so i kind of have this i get this sense of oh i'm kind of feeling normal and but then as 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 the pain and discomfort comes back i realize that's to do with the pain relief my body's still where it is anyhow so I wanted to uh, share something that I wrote, kind of over the course of a couple of days, really, and I shared it on my Facebook page profile, I should say. Um, I got quite a few comments from friends and family, um, even a couple who said that they cried when they they read it. So let me let me read it out to you, and. Um, uh, maybe I'll comment about it. Who's, who knows? <clears throat> and just to just to set the scene, really, um, I posted I posted this, and I posted a picture of myself when I was sitting in the waiting room. <laughs> so once I sit in the waiting room, I I decided to just take a picture of myself because I was thinking. Ooh, people are looking at me and people are probably looking at me and thinking mm, that woman looks a bit strange <laughs> and I thought well let me take a picture so that um, it's a reminder to myself okay so so there's a picture that goes with it and that will help I think when when I sort of read through so I'm actually on my tablet and reading this from like straight from my my Facebook profile 
<clears throat> and I wrote it as I as I write anytime I write these kind of I suppose they're kind of poems and things I don't know really. I literally just write. Okay, I literally some words coming into my head, and then I just write it. And I think I kind of just wrote it, and then I had to stop because I was in so much discomfort, and then came back to it. But I only really added probably a few lines. If you're sitting across the ray, boom, 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 let's start again. If you are sitting across the way from me, you're wondering. You're wondering, why is this woman wearing an eye mask? The kind you wear in bed, when you don't want your sleep to be disturbed by light coming in from your window. You're thinking, does she know she's sitting in a hospital waiting room? Yes, I know where I am. In fact, this is the last place I want to be. I'm scared right now. I'm scared because I know what's coming. I'm scared because the last two days I've been hoping against hope that this time, that this time it's a false alarm. But if I really thought that, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here wasting other people's time. That's the last thing I'd do. You see me lift my mask at last when my name is called. You see me pick up two bags and a cup of water. I walk very slowly, hunched over towards an open door where a nurse stands. You don't know that every step I take, no matter how light, causes excruciating pain up my spine and through my body. The, the nurse asks me questions. I answer the best I can, though through the excruciating sobbing pain in my head, behind my eyes, down the back of my neck. I answer the same questions in the same way I've answered them all the other times. Then I'm told to go back outside and wait for the doctor to call me. The bags in my hands mean my body has to carry additional weight. This hurts me more. You see me return. You see me immediately pull the mask over my eyes. And you notice this time how still I am. I sit there, still, not wanting to move, even a muscle, because everything hurts. I'm thinking... Even thinking seems to hurt me. How long will I need to sit here? When will I be able to just lie down? I really don't know how long I've been waiting. It may have been a long time, maybe not. All I can think about is the pain in my head. My time is measured by the pain. My name is called again. The mask is lifted. The bags picked up. The slow and painful walk to another side room. This time, it's for blood, and my heart sinks. My heart sinks because this is just another ordeal. I'll go through the same dialogue I'll go through all the other times. Both arms are bad. My veins are deep. After the third, fourth, well, the number of attempts don't matter. My arms and back of hands are covered with taped over swabs. A doctor is called. A vein is eventually found. I'm told, I'm told they need to be careful with that one. I breathe deeply. I breathe deeply because I know what's coming. I make my way back to the waiting area. I mask back on. I'm one step closer to seeing the doctor. I have a cannula in my vein. This is different to the other times and I'm hopeful. 
you're intrigued. You notice the cannula. You wonder, what's wrong with me? Has it got something to do with me shutting the light out? Maybe it's all this COVID thing. Or is she just quirky? And in my mind, I'm wondering, when did this all start? What was the actual trigger? Could I have prevented it this time? And I'm wishing, I'm so, so wishing I'd done things differently. Maybe if I'd done things differently last week, last month, last year, not taken on so much, no matter the answer, the damage is already done. I can't turn back the clock. I hear my name again. I know not to hurry. The doctor will wait. I mask up again. The bright light crashes in. One bag on back, one bag in hand. Don't forget the cup. I'm thirsty. Oh my gosh, I am so, so thirsty. Dehydration, I know, from a high temperature. I walk. No, I shuffle towards the open door. He points. He points to a cubicle and I feel a sigh of relief. I see a bed. I can lie down. The doctor says, I've been reading your file. You're a very interesting lady. I get a feeling. I get a feeling that this time will be different. And I'm right. Within an hour, I'm hooked up to a drift. The relief. You can't believe the relief. The relief for every molar raised meningitis sufferer. That you didn't have to fight for 12 hours to be believed. To be believed that you can suffer viral meningitis several, multiple times. <clears throat> that last bit should have been multiple times. <laughs> but I hadn't, I hadn't practiced reading it, of course. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> well, actually, <clears throat> that's not as painful as it has been. So that's an improvement. I'm improving. It's interesting reading that again. Um, I mean, I haven't encompassed everything in there, but I just, uh, there's just some things I wanted to convey in that, really. And I think, I think it's the pain really and interestingly when people were leaving comments i was wanting to come back i was wanting to come back and say well you know it's it's not too bad it's all right you know that manager i wanted to throw a positive which is what i usually do i wanted to throw something positive back and say well you know it's not that you know not that that bad really i mean i'm coping with it and dealing with it and i've had to stop myself because it is painful and I don't need to protect people from my pain which is what I I try to do I'm very self-reliant nurse just came in to ask if I was alright and um I needed my bed linen and stuff. It was changed yesterday, so um, it's okay. I'm fine. One less room for her to do. Um, <clears throat> they've got enough to do, haven't they, the nurses? 
Oh, is that me again? <laughs> there I am again. Oh dear. So yeah, um, I'm I'm very self-reliant, and you know, I think the the key thing. I'm just scrolling back up to the beginning of this this piece that I wrote. And I think the key thing here is um, is that I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to have to come into hospital. And is it over the last few months? Actually, before COVID, I was a little bit worried because I was feeling quite tired and fatigued. Um, I was I was doing a lot of driving from one office to the next to to um, meet up with my staff. Uh, because of a particular situation, my office I wasn't wasn't it wasn't really I couldn't. I wasn't able to use my office, my location office, because I was struggling so much to to work there. It's open plan, and there wasn't an option for me to be able to work in an office there, um, where I'd, uh, that yeah, there wasn't an option for me to have be in a smaller office without the distractions. And I'd <laughs> now here's the thing, here is the thing. I my last attack was 2018 May 2018 and at the beginning of the year I was at another office which was a bit further out and I had already agreed with my manager to move to a closer office but uh, remember the the other manager at that office had gone off sick and so I was kind of doing a bit of a cover job. So I had my own job that I was doing in terms of um, managing my own staff who were across six offices. <laughs> so, but um, I wasn't having to travel out to see them. They came to see me. So I had my own office. I shared the office, but the other person wasn't there full time. So my my staff came to me and I did one-on-ones with them there and there were staff based at the office and their manager was off sick and I kind of was supporting them to to, to a degree not 100% well because you can't if you, I've got my own job but there was a, a demand there was a there was obviously a lot of demand yeah that there was a demand um on my time uh, and I was very aware, aware that people needed support, even though I wasn't able to give it fully. And then it got to a point where my manager said, right, it was time for me to, to move to the next office because there was quite a lot of pressure, I guess. But it was more about the, the travel that was an issue for me. I didn't mind, to tell you the truth, I, I enjoyed the um, supporting people. But it was the driving that was getting me um, was, was difficult. And so I moved to this office that was closer, but I didn't have uh, my own office. I was then um, working in an open plan area with all the other staff. The manager there had their own office, but um, I didn't. And I was... um, 
Okay, so I'm smiling. I've just had a quick break. Well, a break there because someone came in to take my, my lunch order, as they do each day. And, uh, and because I've seen her a couple of times before, I asked how she was doing today. And, and then she told me um, about a dispute that she's been having with uh, <laughs> the neighbour and how difficult it has been. So there was that kind of conversation went on for a little while. And then, <coughs> when, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting when you ask people. I don't think people are used to uh, maybe patients asking them um, how they are so, and how they are today. I just ask people how they are. And so, and then I, when she went out, I thought, oh, I've got no idea what I was talking about just before I took that break. So I took a comfort break, racking my brain. So I know what I was talking about now. I was talking about, so my, just before I moved to um, my new office last year. So uh, my manager sort of said, right, it's time for me to move because, um, because of health reasons <clears throat> and it would be easier better for me to be not have such a long journey into the office uh, I knew that I would be in an open plan area but felt that the sacrifice there was better than the sacrifice I was already making in the sort of long journey uh, so got there I think I moved there probably around February March something like that March and it was two months later, May, that I uh, got uh, uh, my fifth attack, fifth attack of viral meningitis. Now, looking back, um, that there would have been a number of things happening around that time, or just previous to that time, and... Uh, as well as my ex moving out, okay, and just the ongoing emotional um, distress, distress with with all that. Uh, obviously, the what was going on at the previous office with sort of partially covering, and then what I'm realising now is I was really struggling in that open plan because to concentrate and focus I didn't it's only looking back that I realized that you know I have a standing desk and standing at my station oh my gosh it took it was taking everything for me to be able to concentrate and block out um the noise and distractions coming um to me and that's why I realized now and so the reason why I'm saying that as well so before I so be earlier on this year, so where we are, July, July now, I was struggling again because because I I had realised that I had was having some difficult got difficulties at the end of last year, yeah, coming to the end of last year about working in an open plan office. There wasn't the option for me to to have a, a, a an office there because it's just uh, it's quite a small small office. In, in, you know, in totality, and so the idea was for me to work a bit more from home, but that wasn't really happening. So I was doing a lot of travelling again uh, to the other offices where I had staff, and I was beginning to feel 
fatigued, tired, just before lockdown, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, and just the work as well. The and so during the lockdown, I guess, whilst uh, it was been a welcome for me not to have to travel because I've been working from home, and my my manager's been very supportive in in understanding that uh, I do have a health condition. Um, don't know what the impact would be if I was to get COVID, etc. But he's wanting to protect me, so. And because of the nature of my work, I could carry on doing it whilst working from home. And and just because of the logistics of things, keeping in contact with people, and I like to do a good job. And uh, and so I, the work has been relentless. The work has been relentless. Uh, and literally, you know, at your laptop kind of, that I do, and I have been taking breaks and stuff, so I will talk. No, that's just my plug falling out of the socket, don't worry. Yeah, so actually, as I'm, as I'm doing these, I'm realizing there's so many things I can talk about associated with, I guess, viral meningitis and self care, etc. It's all kind of linked, so there's stuff to talk about, but just, just sort of talking about this, this leading up to being sick. And I think I'll do another one. I'll do another one where I'll maybe talk about the previous occasions and try and see if I can see a pattern there as well. But definitely, say, coming up to this one, uh, this time, again, with the pandemic, <laughs> okay? So that's a stress for everyone, isn't it, COVID? And at the moment, I think also it's interesting that back in 2018... Um, <clears throat> my my ex was asking about you know selling the house and stuff, and we're in the, we're still going through divorce now. So over the last few months, it has been we're back in that position situation about talking about selling the house. I suppose so. There's an uncertainty, isn't there? Isn't it there? I'm I'm okay with all that. Fine. Um, divorce going through. Well, we're still at the beginning stages. Uh, we'll get there in the end. So, I mean, that, that, that's amicable. And just the demand. And I think, I was thinking that it's been the demands on me. So I have, I have been practicing self-care, she says. But I mean, I have been, you know, focused on my health. I, I, you know, I lost almost nine stone. I'm keeping that weight off. Um, I'm exercising. You know, I stop at the end of the day. I'm not working all silly hours, you know. So, uh, and I do have that kind of structure. So, but I do think that once I've, I've been doing that, when I, you know, when I open my laptop up, the emails are coming in. And whilst I'm okay, I can sort of look at the emails and, and just prioritise um, unlike, I think, some colleagues who sort of say they get really stressed out by it and then they have to try and um, go through them and they, they're on doing it until 8, 9 o'clock at night. I don't do any of that. But I think it's because it's there. I think because when I'm not, when I'm saying no to these things, it's still there as baggage, stuff that I haven't done, that I know I need to do, and it's not going away. <laughs> okay. 
And so all that happens is that it, it, the back, it gets the weight gets heavier and heavier. So whilst I am I am able to to say no to to doing some doing work so that you know I'm not working three four hours beyond my time on a day to day basis. It's there, and I think I might have mentioned this. Maybe I've already spoken about this. You know, if, if you're working in a shop, yes, I have. If you're working in a shop, it's okay. I can repeat it, can't I? That's how important it is. Working in a shop, I'll get there. Working in a shop, and you know, you can when you shut up, shut the shop up, or when you leave, if you're an employee, because it's different, isn't it, if you own the shop, because there are other pressures, <clears throat> that you can go home, you can leave it and come back, a new customer comes in, and they're buying stuff, there. you're not having to think about that customer the next day, whilst in the kind of role that I have, and, and some other people have, especially if you have a caseload, you know, or you're managing staff, and if you're not away, if you're away, from the office, nobody else picks up your work. Okay, so if you if you're if you work in a shop and you finish at two o'clock, um, the customers that come in after two o'clock, they don't wait there until you come back on shift tomorrow. Whoever comes on shift at two o'clock after you've gone, they carry on. So those those customers get dealt with. And in the kind of job that I do. Um, the work that comes in for you is for you to do and it's very difficult to pass that work on to somebody else and then if you're in a role where there may, maybe there's there's a team of you and somebody goes off sick and there's no cover you take up the slack as well as doing your own own job so Clearly, there was an element of me covering for a sick member of staff, and this is not their fault. It's just how it is, and uh, and you still wanting to do a good, well, me still wanting to do a good job, and and yeah, the the, the body will get um, the the demand the demands get too much, or the weight, the weight of the demand. I think it's the. I I wasn't I was so here's what I was saying to people I was saying I don't feel overwhelmed and I wasn't feeling overwhelmed per se I wasn't at the end of the day sort of sort of really worrying and feeling what was happening was I was aware very aware that work was building up that I wasn't able to get to and I wanted to get to so I I said the work was over I had an overwhelming amount of work to do and I did. I had an overwhelming amount of work to do. I didn't feel overwhelmed by it, but it was overwhelming. But what was happening, of course, is that that was still all in my head. So the, the weight of it was obviously still there, even though I was doing things on a day-to-day -day basis to, <clears throat> to manage my stress and stuff, it was still, the weight was still there on my body. And it was going to stay there unless it was taken off me. I couldn't do the taking off. <laughs> Here's the thing. It was not within my realm or my whatever authority to take the work off myself. Because that work is there. And so it 
continued to be a weight on my shoulders that I could not remove myself and that would needed to have been removed by somebody else. Gosh, I think it was the first time that I've kind of um, said it like that. Clearly. That makes, I think that makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Yeah, that's interesting. So, it's um, 20 to 9. I'm a bit surprised that... It's a bit late for breakfast this morning, it appears. But still, I'm looking forward to my breakfast, anyhow. So, when you're in somewhere for a while, you kind of get into a bit of a routine and you, you work out how to do things so that it works for you. So, maybe I'll talk about breakfast another time. Okay, thanks for listening to me. And, um, yeah, I'm going to take a break from this now. I've been talking for nearly... 30 minutes okay you take it hopefully I've run out of water um, <laughs> when she came in she was a bit shocked she said oh didn't I give you any water and I said yes you did it's just that I've been very good and I've drank it all and she said oh I just don't want to them to think that I haven't done my job and given you some water that's interesting isn't it yes the demands so she was worried and even though I drank all the water, she was worried that actually me drinking all the water was an indication by having a, an empty jug here that she hadn't given me the water in the first place. <gasps> wow. Anyhow, you take care. Bye for now. <laughs>